1: Happy holiday. happy holiday, happy holiday, happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing, happy holiday to you. Happy holiday, happy holiday. it's the holiday season. And Santa Claus is coming round The Christmas snow is white on the ground When old Santa gets into town He'll be coming down the chimney down He'll be coming down the chimney down It's the holiday season and Santa Claus has got a toy For every good girl and good little boy Santa's a great big bundle of joy When he's coming down the chimney down When he's coming down the chimney down, down, the chimney down. He'll have a big fat pack upon his back
0: Hello! For Happy you. holidays!
1: Leave a stick for old Saint
0: Nick. Andy Williams, and baby, the, the best Not a song you hear that often I feel like I'm just going to let this roll Oh yeah, oh
1: yeah
0: Is it obnoxious if I play the whole thing? Just so good Happy holidays my sinners Welcome back to another episode of the podcast and don't worry, this isn't a Christmas themed episode or anything. In fact, the music I'm going to play later in the show is anything but Christmas music. We're talking about what I what I think of I think of the originators of metalcore. Because what is metalcore, right? What what is it? It is metal mixed with hardcore. Now, obviously people want to talk about the Cro-Mags, for being one of the founding fathers of metalcore, maybe. But when you think about modern metal and you think about modern hardcore, there is no better definition than what this band does. And they do it really well. They've been doing it really well for a long time. My guest today is Trevor Phipps of Unearth. This is the band I used to see play in my hometown hall shows before they even had a full-length record out. This is a band near and dear to my heart. And when I first heard this band, it blew my mind. They're taking seven strings. They're not afraid to be metal. They're not afraid to put metal into hardcore music. If you're unfamiliar, go back, check out their records. They all still hold up. It is December 24th, no matter what you celebrate Happy holidays, if you don't celebrate anything, well, happy cold dark day, probably not your favorite day of things. But I know for most of you, you're getting together with family, friends, that's what it's all about. I know some of you are traveling long distances, so hopefully this is a welcome little thing to occupy your time. Maybe you don't get along too well with your family and you need to be holed up in your old childhood bedroom, I know some people dread the holidays, so hey, we got something for everybody on this week's episode. If you want to get in touch with me, feel free. You can email me. I read all my email, my email address, leadsinger syndrome at gmail.com. Of course, as you guys probably know by now, I'm on all the social media as well, at Shane Told, or you can follow the show at LeadSinger Sin S Y N on Twitter. Or at Lead Singer Syndrome on Instagram. As I record this, I am in my new office of my new house. Very exciting. Thank you, everybody that sent me housewarming gifts, everybody that sent me well wishes. This is really, really cool. It's a little echoey in this room. I think I gotta do some soundproofing, but that's okay. I love it. I'm very excited about this little break over the holidays. We were just on the road, my band Silverstein and I. Thank you to everybody that came out. It was the best tour we have done to date. Our most successful 18 years into the band. That is pretty cool. If you missed the tour, we have extended it. We are doing more dates across the great country of America and the great country of Canada. So if you need tickets for that, which you do, head over to When Broken is Easily Fixed. Com. We've got all your ticket and VIP needs. Uh yeah, so I'll see you there. In case you missed it, we're playing our entire first record from start to finish. We were doing it every day. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to go back and dig deep into those songs. So don't miss it. When broken is easily fixed.com. Oh yeah. Maybe you're listening to this. It's December 24th, Christmas Eve. And you're freaking out because you don't have a gift. You don't have any idea of what you're going to do. The stores are going to close at like 6 p.m. What are you going to do? You're fucked. Well, I've got a potential solution for you. Maybe your loved one, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your cousin, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle. We say aunt in Canada, but I know Americans say aunt, which is eh, whatever. But hey, maybe you can give the gift of this podcast and the gift of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. It's the gift that keeps on giving. $6 a month gets you or a loved one in. You get access to me. I do question and answer sessions every month. I'm on a Facebook group chatting away with all the members. It's a good group. It's a good hang. You will meet friends. And of course, you get bonus episodes I do interviews with non-lead singers. I do interviews with other people in my life. I tell stories, uh, you know, exclusive stuff that you won't get anywhere else, real behind the scenes kind of stuff. And of course, merchandise is available, shipped to your house every three months. We got these cool patches and uh, everything else. So yes, check it out. It does make a great gift and a very good last minute gift. Head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all Access and yeah, that's just, hey, if you're a slacker like me, you might need something like that. All right. Well, hey, I uh, I burned the intro with, I tell you, that is an underrated holiday song right there. Andy Williams, Happy Holiday. That is a good one. Go check that out or whatever. Uh, I think it's on YouTube. Yes. Let's get into some non-Christmas music. Here's my conversation with Trevor of Unearth. What we did. Hey, Hello, Trevor.
2: Yes, sir, what's going on?
0: Hey, man, it's uh, it's Shane from the Weed Singer Syndrome podcast. How you doing?
2: Doing all right, man. Just uh, just finish up my shower and uh, <laughs> get dressed, hitting the road in, the, in a little bit to go uh, to San Antonio today.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Alamo City. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um,
2: yeah, I'm, all, I'm all dressed now. So. Yeah,
0: I'm on tour, too. I'm. We have a day off here in uh, Buffalo you know, at the, the Walden Galleria Mall. I'm sure you've been here a couple times. Oh, I don't, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. it was we're, st- we're still in Houston. So, but we-
0: it's a tour you're doing with um, Fit for an Autopsy, a uh, co-headliner tour with the new record coming out very soon. Uh, just a couple of weeks. It feels like people have been waiting forever for this record to come out.
2: Yeah, man it's it's been it's been four years since um, our last record. Yeah. So we, we we took some time to write this one. Um, we did start promoting this record very early on because we were finished with it in May, and then um, we put out a single for Warped Tour this summer. Right. right. And uh, so yeah, there's been there's been three singles now. Um, a day called One with the Sun. That's going to be a, a video that'll be released maybe today. Oh, um,
1: cool. It's, it's cool. done.
2: Um, I think we're just waiting on social media to finalize uh, where they're gonna uh, debut it. But yeah, that, that's all done, and then we'll start to push that single more.
0: Awesome. Yeah. No. It's uh, you know, you guys have been a band that's been you know entrenched in hardcore and metal, and you know when you guys started, Warp Tour was it obviously existed, but not at all in your world. Did you ever think Unearth would ever play on the Warp Tour?
2: Well, you know what? In 2002, we actually did play some uh, some dates on Whoop Tour. Oh wow! We we got we got offered six, and it was um, it was Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Boston, and then there was a Montreal, Toronto, Detroit. But the stage we were on, which is the Punk stage, didn't make it into Canada. Oh uh, yeah. And so Instead of driving all the way to Detroit, we just like you know what? Let's just go home. Cause we, you know, I think we were we were getting paid. Um. You know, it was a long time ago, as was back in the early, early days of the band touring. So, sure, um, it wasn't worth it just to kind of hang out. But um, I also worked warp tour, like the, I was. I was a loader for local shows when I was, you know, when we were trying to get the band going. Yeah, we're touring and stuff. So I was, I was always, you know, connected to it in, in, in some way.
0: Definitely. Well, how did it go over? I mean, you guys had never actually, you know, been on the tour before. So to be a part of the last one was probably pretty cool. Um, but it was, was it what you expected? I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a challenging tour.
2: It was more than I expected. Um, I think because it was the last one, I I know attendance was way up from the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There was a lot of sold out shows, a lot of just really packed shows. And because the monster stages had a lot of heavy bands, I mean, we had huge crowds every day for all the bands. So it, it went, went really, really, really well for us. Uh, we had a great time and, um, it it definitely seems kind of like the Ozfest mayhem thing that we we've we've been used to, <laughs> yeah. Um, just on a larger scale, there's so many more bands, more stages, more more crew, so it's it's a massive undertaking. It's, it was really cool to be part of.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, I want to go back to the beginnings of you know of your life of the band because I mean this is what 20 years now. Unearth has been together. <clears throat> I saw you guys play in Oakville, Ontario. I mean, well before your first record came out. I think I bought your first EP. And, you know, it it always struck me, you know, you guys were very ahead of your time. And there weren't a lot of bands playing, you know, metalcore. um, What, you know, ended up being a, a sort of almost a bastardization of what you guys have done and done since the beginning. So I'm kind of trying to understand where that even came from. Um, obviously, you know there's some at the gates influences there, and some you know um you know Gothenburg sound influences, but that mixed with hardcore just hadn't really happened before
2: yeah that that was it just it came directly from what we listened to. We all started with thrash um yeah you know, big four and then yeah testament and exodus and all all that stuff is what we got into as kids, and then we just found heavier stuff like death metal you know, dsi you know. Obituary and death, and then you just keep on searching, and then we found hardcore. And so yeah. there's bands like Earth Crisis and VOD, then um, Hatebreed, you know. So like we had this really you know aggressive hardcore, and then then you know, we found the the older stuff like Slapshot, and Sick of It All, MF, mm-hmm. um, you know. So that's just it's what we listened to, and so when we we formed the band, we just wanted to play what we what we liked. Um, I know ken and buzz listened to a lot of iron maiden as kids so in our first ep more of that melodic stuff is less less Gothenburg and more maiden
1: <laughs> um, Sure. and then
2: and then you know buzz really got into at the gates and um it definitely found its way into our sound a bit but there was all out there was always that kind of core element to it both lyrically and with more of the absolutely the uh breakdowns as well i mean that was it was, it was just us wanting to mix metal and hardcore and, uh, our first drummer said that, you know, he wants to unearth yeah. a new sound and, and metal and that's what we set out to do, uh, just to kind of set ourselves apart and, um, it, it caught on.
0: Totally. I mean, you, you seem like you were the hardcore guy. I mean, maybe that's just because your vocal style was, you know, more of a, it was kind of like a hardcore frontman in a metal band. That's kind of how I would describe the band, you know, early on, um, was that your influence? Were you more on the hardcore side of things or was that just growing up? We in, all were. You know, in the Massachusetts, you know, scene. Sorry.
2: We, the, the the entire band was, 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 was into hardcore and yeah. actually our first base player. I mean, he did, he wasn't even really into metal. He was more just the punk rock, hardcore guy. Buzz has a lot of uh, punk rock roots as well. Um, and then our drummer was more the death metal guy, but he also liked hardcore. And then Ken, Ken's tastes were kind of, you know, almost the same as mine. Um, yeah we we all had that kind of influence, but I guess for guitars what what bled out for them was more of the the maiden meets you know earth Crisis, sacreds you know stuff at, at
0: at the onset of the band absolutely um, absolutely fall from there absolutely, yeah no, i I always thought you guys had a bit of a punk rock you know vibe to you guys, you know, like the whole fun earth moniker. You know, um, <laughs> drinking—you know, drinking like shotgun and beers on stage, and you know those kinds of things. Murphy's Law does
2: that, and that's something we kind of just borrowed from them. You know, there was, absolutely. There was, there was, there was just a party on stage every day. Like, you know what? We want to do that. You know, and uh, mix that with what Pantera was doing with—you know—they right. they were always partying.
0: That's true. Um, yeah.
2: And then we actually get the tour with, with Damage Plan, and they showed us exactly how it was done. Whereas you can <laughs> you can reach a level of being ridiculous, but also be, be pro at the same time. And. We just kind of found that niche and just kind of went with it, you know,
0: dude. It's it's crazy. You just brought up Damage Plan because I had the biggest flashback. So I'm sitting here in Buffalo at the Millennium Hotel, right beside the Walden Galleria, and you know, I'm from I'm from just outside Toronto. Uh, so I used to come down to Buffalo to like go, um like you know, Christmas shopping and shit like that. You know, cross border shopping is the thing Canadians do. Right. So I I came over here. This was, well, you're going to know the story when I start telling it. It's just so weird that, I'm, that you're talking about Damage Plan. I'm sitting here. So I I always loved Mighty Taco. So I'm here with my girlfriend at the time and and um, roll in to a Mighty Taco and I look through the window and there's some guy, you know, some heavy metal dude dumping out his tray and I'm like, is that Dimebag Daryl? And I freeze in my tracks and, you know, and I go to go in the, in the um, Mighty Taco and I like, pretty much run into Vinnie Paul, so they all come through, and I'm just like freaking out. And my girlfriend doesn't even know who they are, and I'm freaking out about about uh, these guys, right? So, you know, I, I do my shopping. I go, and the next day, or I think two days later, I have a band practice. I'm driving there. Sorry for the long winded story. And I hear and I hear Cemetery Gates by Pantera on the radio, and I go, that's crazy. They never play like they hardly ever play Pantera on the radio and they never play Cemetery Gates. So I think about the story. Oh, I ran into Dimebag Daryl at the, you know, outside Buffalo at the Mighty Taco. So I go to tell my band about it and they're like, "Dude, didn't you hear the news?" And I'm like, "What?" It's like he was murdered last night in Columbus. So I had, I saw him like 2 days before. Uh oh, damn. you know, he 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 died here, you know, in in Buffalo, New York, where I'm sitting now, talking about damage plan. So yeah, it's it's uh it's crazy, but I understand that you know you got pretty close with with Dimebag and Vinnie Paul, and you know now they're both tragically you know not here anymore.
2: Yeah, they were uh, they they treated us like we'd known them for 20 years, and yeah. we were first to four on that tour, and uh, they were very respectful of everyone around them. They just wanted everyone to have a good time um, super pro. It just showed us how it was, how it was all done. And they made sure we had a good time every day. And then we stayed friends after that. Yeah. Um, I actually got a call from dime about three days before, uh, he passed. Oh, they played God. in Connecticut. And, um, that yeah. uh, was, it was kind of close to, to my house. I was actually helping help my wife's, um, mother move that day. <laughs> so I tragically didn't get to go to that, that gig. And it's something I've, I've always looked back on wishing I, I got to do, um, of course. But, um, yeah, man, panther was, was a huge influence on us, and it was it was a pleasure to, to tour with those
0: guys. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's damn, dude. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, and and you know, going back to your kind of your band history and stuff, you know, um, I remember seeing you guys. Uh, you know, I think it was like maybe two thousand seven or two thousand eight on tour with Slayer, uh, and I felt like at that point you guys had sort of, I don't want to say abandoned that hardcore. Um, punk rock side of your band, but you had gotten more immersed in metal. You'd done Ozfest and that, and, you know, uh, I I guess, you know, being on Metal Blade Records, I don't know, that's more of a metal label than a hardcore label, but was that a conscious thing to do? Do, Was it just taking your band a little more seriously um, musically, or was it just there's more money in metal? What, What was kind of going through your guys' head there in those kind of, you know, the middle days?
2: We were just looking to advance the band, um, make a different sounding record each one. Yeah. So after the Uncoming Storm, which is kind of like our, our you know, a- exact mix of metal and hardcore. Yeah. The next one was In the Eyes of Fire, and we just wanted to mix it up. We wanted it just to go darker and heavier. And then the very next record was the March, and that was more Haste again. So it's a dark record, and we just wrote it, and we, we got. The tour, off, the tour off, we got off that record because it was more metallic, uh, gave us more metal tours, like like a Slayer tour, like a, a tour with uh, Um It was just a direct result of, of the songs. So but then the next record, we were back more mixed with more of the uh, metallic hardcore bands. Um, so it just it kind of varies on on the album you write. Whereas our last one. record, Watch the Rule, that's that's a step further in the in the speed and the in the in the dark and the more abrasive metal um on that record and we got a lot of metal scores on the last one i think because we, we kind of told the line and we, we do both styles yeah whatever record we write at that time seems to get us opportunities in that more in that that zone
0: absolutely well there seems to be a lot of hype surrounding your new record extinctions which is uh out november 25th and i love how um on your Twitter profile, it says our best record extensions comes out November twenty fifth.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, my, my personal one, right?
0: Yeah, your personal Instagram. Exactly. I mean, your yeah. your uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you feel strongly about this record. Yes, I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's the cliche as every band always says, like, "Oh, our new record's our best record." You know, I think most bands really do believe it is. You know, and it takes time you know, for it to wear once, off. Once,
2: once you record a record, you're so emotionally invested in it, yeah, that you do feel it's your best. But I, I will say that this record was mixed back in early May. Yeah, had it a long time, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of our band, so I I, I do listen to the, the records. Um, I like what we do, but this one has had a longer, um, like it's, it's impact has stayed with me longer and I still listen to it. Um, it's, it is in constant, uh, rotation. And I do feel more connected to these songs than I have in a long time. Maybe it's the lyrical concept. Maybe it's the slight change in music that we had, you know, it's probably a combo of, of everything. everything, yeah. but the, the songs are fresh. This is, uh, I feel like we got fired up to write, um, some really good music, you know, and I think time will definitely tell if it truly is our best. But right now I feel I feel really strongly about what this, this album has, has
0: to offer. Absolutely. So I've, I've only heard the the three singles that have come out. Um, is there a lot? Do you think, Are there any surprises um, within the, the rest of the record? Did you do anything really outside the box that Unearthed fans will be like, whoa, this is like.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a few songs that you wouldn't even guess. It's Unearthed. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's more um, this way I can explain it. Just really, really uh, downtuned, heavy, uh, sludgy songs, and um, you know, on these, on these on these three singles, I kind of dip into a more guttural territory yes. um, vocally. Yes. But on these other songs, it's even more so, um, and so it it just it kind of doesn't sound like Unearthed, but it's it is us. It is. It's heavy. It's dark. It's just kind of a different direction, um, but it's, it's nothing that I'm, I'm saying we'll we'll continue to do. We just we wanted to try something new, sure. uh, throw some curveballs, and just you know, it, it's our seventh record, so why not try some some new territory?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess working with the guy from the Acacia Strain too. I mean, that's maybe that puts you in sludge territory a little bit too. Well, that the, I mean, those are actually
2: the songs. Just yeah, me. it makes there's, sense. There's three songs that he he worked with Ken on directly in those three songs are the most you know you know you you notice the most where it's different and then there's this one song called the hunt begins which it's it's an exact marriage of a song it's it's two songs in one so the first half of it is where Ken and 10 and DL worked on and the second half is more melodic and that was the buzz song where will will like the song at the end of it but wanted to cut the the, the front because it just wasn't there, yeah. so we just kind of married these two songs, and they fit together perfectly. And it's that's cool. Uh, it's cool lyrically to I, I was able to tell kind of a story with that one, and it just that, that that's a fun song. That's 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 a that's a different of one for,
0: for yeah. Us. No, I always I always love that in in um and that's one of my favorite things about metal. You know, it's like listening to, you know, Metallica was the band that got me into you know heavy music when I was a kid, and I would love that like you know sometimes in the last 25% of the song, the best riff would all of a sudden come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the coolest part of the song was like...
2: Fade to black is a, is a perfect example.
0: Totally, right? And and <laughs> uh, and I love when, when bands do that. And I think sometimes that's the best way to achieve it is you take like two songs that are halfway there and just, t- you know, and if you, you can marry them, like you said, and make it work, you end up with one just incredible, you know, song that tells a story, you know? And... Yeah. and you tell a story, you know, lyrically over top of it, which is, uh, which is rad. So yeah, uh, man, it, 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 ahead, was, it
2: was, it, it allowed me to give a different vocal delivery towards the end of the song. So it really made that song very dynamic, Absolutely. you know, so it's, it helped
0: out. Very cool. And there's some Queen singing on this record too, which you haven't done since the endless EP, which is like 15 years old. Uh, how, how did that come about? I mean, um, you know, I know Ken does some clean singing live over the years, um, but you know, for you to venture into that territory, it's kind of like you know, you, you, typically you you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> but here you old, are, man. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, we have
2: a few records where Ken does cleans um, on on Oncoming uh, Storm, yeah, and Dark's in and Light. He does some cleans, um, and some of those songs have stayed in our set. So he sings clean nightly. Um, but I, I wanted to really work on my craft. Um, my only complaint from our last record, but I, I love watching it roll, is I feel like my voice is a little too, too uh, linear. You know, um, I like performance it's heavy, it's aggressive. That's what I was looking for. But I really wanted it to, to offer more on this record. And so I picked up my um, acoustic guitar when my daughter was born five years ago, and I started playing for her, and then just started singing more and more. And uh, now we sing and play together and cool. I think that just that just really opened up my voice. Um, I started to feel more confident in doing more of a baritone, clean clean vocal, and it also opened up my voice to do more of that guttural stuff, and my highs, and my yeah. mids are all stronger, all from, you know, playing guitar. Um, and also, I've, I've had some other stuff going on, you know, with, he- with health stuff, where I was able to fix it, and um, I'm just getting stronger. And what, I, was I feel- the,
0: what was the health stuff? Because, you know... I remember reading an interview with Sick of It All, you know, back in the day, and um, you know they were talking about like how basically no band had ever done vocally what they'd done, you know, like like been screaming on stage 200 days a year, uh, you know, for like 20 years or whatever it was at the time. I read it, and now you're at that point, you know, you guys are relentless touring and you've been screaming your head off for two decades there's got to be some side effects right <laughs> it's not natural well,
2: it's not it's not natural <laughs> but uh, you can train yourself to do it right where True. you you uh you don't you don't have much do image um and i you know, in high school I a chorus and vocal lessons and in, in college I, I, I did the same and then i met Melissa cross who's been a big help teaching me how to breathe and how, yeah. to, how to do the right tones without without you know blowing out your your throat <laughs> um but the main thing that I, I found out was I, I didn't even know, and I, I didn't even put, put it together like an idiot. Back in 06, we did a, a, a tour right after OzFest, and I lost my voice. And I called up Melissa, and I said, hey, you know, this ha- this happened. So she sent me to a, a, a vocal doctor um, in Salt Lake City, and uh, we were on a tour there. And um, he put the scope down my throat, and it turned out that I had a lot of vocal uh, scarring from acid reflux. Oh,
0: yeah. So I
2: got put into some meds, and... It, it fixed it, but you know, we, we were drinking a lot of whiskey back then. We always got the post show pizza and we got the post show, yeah. you know, <laughs> hot wings and everything. Yeah. And then you, then you just crawl to your bunk and it all comes right back up there and burns you out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so years go by. I've improved my diet. We don't drink as much anymore. Um, but then I went to the doctor again and I do have some more scarring there. So just basically acid reflux. It, it burns up, um, your throat which then minimizes the amount your vocal cords can vibrate. So it would limit my range you know, on certain nights if I was battling it. Yeah. So now I just take one, one pill in the morning, and um, I don't get bass reflux, and everything feels a lot stronger. You know? That coupled with doing more work to improve the voice, but yeah. that, that, was, that was the hell
0: thing. I, I think I have the same thing as you, because I, I take, uh, I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's like a PPI uh, blocker or whatever, that I take every morning too to uh, yeah to reduce the and if I forget to take it it's bad.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right I think we have
0: um, the same we have the same affliction there, man. So
2: yeah, so it's it's, it's definitely something that I think all vocalists should should, uh, should 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 get checked out if they yeah. feel that their their voice is limited or they, or they feel that heartburn. You know, it's that does that does affect your voice.
0: Absolutely. So your father, um, I guess your your daughter was born since you put out the record. I I was wondering if like you hadn't put a record out since she was born, but I mean, you probably hadn't written one and you know, a lot of the shit going on in the world right now is crazy and I know um, you've been pretty outspoken about some of your thoughts, you know, um, like about the environment uh, and some of the, you know, some of the practices going on there with the United States and everything. How much do you think, you know, being a father now has affected, you know, the lyrical um, themes, I guess, uh, in Unearth?
2: I've always, you know, had, you know, more of the social um, lyrics in, in 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 our songs. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where the, the hardcore uh, part of the band comes in as well. Uh, but this record definitely steps up more. Um, I and I have a daughter and a son. Oh, okay. Um, and so I definitely felt... In, uh, an obligation to raise my voice when I, I see things that, I, you know, aren't right. Um, and so this record deals with, with a lot of that. Um, even so much on the song, One with the Sun, which is, you know, it's directly about the environment and the danger that we're in, unless we make drastic changes. Um, she does the guest vocal on the record. Um, it's, it's, the, it's, the ver- it's the very first scream um, hmm. uh, for, for, for the song. And you can't really hear her. She's, <laughs> she's in there. Um, she's, she's also in the video because um, nice. the environment is important to us all. And of course, because you know I have kids, um, I have to think about them and their future as well. And so that that, that song is, very, is is very important to me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I and and getting into acoustic music this late in your life. I mean, I'm sure you always have been, but it's just funny. It's like it's like I, I was. I forget what I heard. Oh, I heard um, REM. Uh, like just, I don't know, like in a restaurant or something the other day. And I was like jamming my head to it. And I'm like, when the fuck did I start liking REM? Like I used to hate this shit. <laughs> and it's like, I guess just when you become like, you know, get into your late thirties, uh, maybe you're in your forties now. It's like, it's like the dad rock thing is so true. <laughs> it's like, why? When did I start liking this shit? <laughs> yeah,
2: I think my, my, my palette's been open more um, yeah, yeah. O- o- over the years. Um, I still listen, listen to metal. I still seek out new um, heavy music. And I think right now is a really bright time for, for metal and hardcore. There's so, there's so many good bands out there. Um, but yeah, I, I am finding more and more acoustic stuff um, when, I, when I'm in that zone. Uh, there's a guy named The White Buffalo. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a guy from Canada. Um, I think he's from. Saskatoon, but I think he's moved to, to Nashville. He's more in the country tip, more more old school. His name is uh, Culture Wall. He's got some great okay. records. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of finding stuff like that. But um, definitely, definitely still in love with uh, with with metal.
0: Do you think we're gonna have a Trevor Phipps uh, solo project at any, at any point?
2: <laughs> it won't be for a while, but yeah, I mean that's that, that's the goal of mine to, do sure. to at least put out an EP or something. I just I have to get better, but I'm I'm getting there, and I'm i i I, I just have fun with it. Um and I've I've done a couple of shows at my um not shows. Uh, I've I've been in my daughter's preschool um a couple times and played uh, for the kids and so I just kinda that's fun bad awesome. stuff, you know.
0: I love that. I love that. Uh well you know, you guys have been a band for twenty years and you haven't you know, you haven't broken up. You've been here the whole time, you know. There's been some breaks, uh, you know. But the music industry has just changed so much. And, you know, you're talking about 98 when vinyl wasn't really a thing. Everything was CDs. There was no digital at all. There was no social media, you know. And now, you know, a song like Incinerate, you're putting out, you know, months before the record, it's on, you know, streaming only. You guys are having success on, like, satellite radio, which didn't exist, you know, when you started. Uh, Do you guys embrace these changes? Do you have to? Do you like it? Um, you know, where, where's your head at with, with just all the stuff that's going on?
2: When we first started, I mean, our, our first, first, uh, first EP was actually MO tape. So bands are still doing tapes back there. Yeah. 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 Um, now they're back to doing them kind of retro thing, but, uh,
0: roll my eyes, dude. It's the worst. Tapes suck.
2: They're terrible. (laughs) It's, you know what? It's tapes are good because. Uh, they're not good sounding, but you're forced to listen to the whole record. Whereas with CDs and digital, you can skip to whatever song, and it's creating more of a, a, a single's atmosphere. But totally. with the tape, you listen to the whole album. I remember my it's friend pain in the ass to
0: fast forward. I know. I remember my friend when I was a kid. He had a tape deck that actually would skip songs. Like I guess it would know where the silence was. All oh, that advanced it. stuff, huh? Yeah, I know. It was like the craziest thing. And then I, I don't think I ever saw one again. And this was like. CDs were out, but like not, you know, they weren't getting like not that many people could afford them, or not everybody had CD players yet. And then like, I don't know where that tape technology went. I guess you know nobody really cared after that.
2: Yeah, once CDs were there, it was, it was all over. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, we've we've at first, I guess, we were kind of wary because we didn't know what to think because album sales are dropping, and yeah, you thought that maybe it's a direct, you know, reflection of the band. But you know, we still had a career going; things were getting stronger and stronger. Um, so then we start, we just started to embrace it. You know, and I think with this, with the streaming um, you know outlets out there, it's created less pirating. People are just streaming yeah. it. It, it. You can either pay for it and listen to what song you want, or you can just get the free version and play the whole record, just not in not not in order. Uh, so I think yeah. that's great. You know So so fans are seeing some kind of income from that. But what I, I I I what I embrace is the best part of that of it being all all online, is that it's it's kind of it's allowed bands to, to dictate their future um, and, to, and, to, and to have longer careers. Because years ago, you, you would see bands have careers two to five years because that's what the label and the industry would push. Because everyone's all connected, labels and agents and managers. And if they see the next hot thing, they're going to dump their money into that and push that band and that band gets a shot. But now, you, you control your own socials and your music is, is still going to be released. And so you can you can push it as much as you want, right. um, and it allows bands to have just longer careers. That's why you see us twenty years. You see so many bands are reaching twenty, thirty, forty years because they're they're allowed to, and there's fewer flash in the pan two to, 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 to year bands.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. You know, I I worry though. My concern is you know with all the things going on with playlists and all that, that you know so many fans of let's just say, say fans of the metal genre, right? They're just listening to a playlist and they might hear one Unearthed song and go, oh yeah, that's a cool song, but then on to the next and they're not really digesting like your full new record. And then when you guys roll through town, they're going to go, oh yeah, well I like that one song, like, you know, um, you know, whatever, uh, random Unearthed song that happens to be on a playlist, but they're not actually, you know, embracing your whole record anymore. And that's the fear that I have because people aren't going to well, pay twenty dollars, or you know, or whatever a ticket to your show costs, um, to see one song. You know what I mean? That's the fear.
2: Well, I think it's kind of like those samplers that you would get. You know, I remember going to Ozfest. Yeah. I think it was Ozfest '98 as a fan, and they, Roadrunner had a sample, and on it was VOD, OD typo Negative, Cold Chamber. And from that, you know, you, just, you kind of got into stuff. At that time, I wasn't really into typo but I was hearing these songs by Sampler and it stood out to me and then I became a fan of Typo. You know. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely I think it, it does have a benefit. It it can it can help the band out. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: I remember so, like the victory style comps and you know, the Fat Records and and Epitaph comps were huge, man, to find out about new bands. So I guess you're right. This is just this is what that is for this generation.
2: Yeah, that's just think it's just the the new way of digesting music, and I think if it it opens us up to to new people, that's a good thing. I've seen you know the playlists that our singles have gotten on; some have close to you know eight hundred thousand followers. So it's like if even a fraction of those people listen to the whole playlist and and, and, uh, check check out the band, that's that's totally that's a a
0: positive. Absolutely. And you guys have had a lot of label changes. Um, going from, you know, eulogy to metal blade to E1, which is one record on E1 and now on century media. Um, is is that reflective of just the industry change? Is it just try to be in the place that makes sense at any given time?
2: Well, the reason that happened was we're on first label eulogy. Um, and then we, we got picked up by metal blade. We were there for years and we're very happy there. Oh Um, but that, 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 that 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 contract was up and because we're more of a worldwide touring band we just wanted to, tr- to try something new so what our last record did we we, we signed four different uh deals with e1 from north america Central media for europe and then we did Halloween bull in japan and a three th- three wide records in australia so each, each yeah. label had, was really strong in that territory that's so much to and
0: coordinate was, though
2: it really was, and it, it proved to be too much. And yeah. 3 Wise went under like a month before the record came out. So it got put out but didn't have a good push. Halloween Bowl did great in Japan. Um, CM did awesome in Europe, and E1 was fine, but that, that deal was up. And I think CM did the best job for us, you know, and they were just great to work with. That just made sense to just to... So go with them for, for the uh, world.
0: Mm, totally, man. Totally. And, uh, they've been like, awesome so far too. Yeah, there's,
2: there's been so much, you know, promotion that they've, they've been,
0: they've been great people over there. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And yeah, speaking of, you know, um, your worldwide, uh, you know, following your success, you're going back to over to Europe to do a co-bill with uh, darkest hour, which is yep. awesome. Uh, with misery signals, the undercard on that tour. That's awesome. Uh, how did you put that tour together that's like a little bit of a what year is it tour you know what I mean all these bands that that you think of from from you know the the, the mid 2000s uh all back together on a bill
2: yeah we we've been trying to tour with with, with uh darkest hour in Europe for years um and just with timing it just it just never worked out um and then they came to us with you know because the, their, their, their booking agent had an idea to to put these bands together um and you know, kind of make it, you know, celebrate metalcore, you know, and, and that's what, what, what this tour was. And it's, it's got a funny name, you know, Death to False Metalcore. And just, <laughs> it's, 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 meant to be kind of, you know, fun. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a great tour. Um, Misery Signals are awesome. I mean, it's, it's just it's a good, the good package. It's, it's a quick one. It's, it's, it's 13 days in and out. And I think we're trying to do it in Canada as well. So, nice. um, Maybe push it other places. Uh, we we get on great with with uh, Darkstar. Been friends for years, so
0: yeah, totally. I always enjoy playing with them. Well, yeah, and, they, and they've always had a bit of the same vibe as you guys. You know, being a, a metal a metal band that's grew up on hardcore. You know, uh, not taking themselves super seriously either. Um, so it totally makes sense to align yourselves. But you know, you say that the death of false metalcore title is a little tongue in cheek, but. There must be times when, <laughs> are you know, r- you must roll your eyes at some of the bands that come out.
2: You know what? Um, I don't, because it's it's just art, and that's people's interpretation of what of what of what they you know, if that's what they they, they want to play, I can't I can't you know, get bummed on.
0: Okay, for, know, good I, for I, you. That's very mature.
2: There's there's, there's there's music that that I like, and if that's what they like, that's totally fine. So. We can't all sound the same.
0: (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) I mean, no. A
2: little chest cold there. Sorry about that.
0: No, you're okay. You're Um, okay.
2: Yes, I mean, if I know that the term metalcore kind of became a a really broad term. Yeah. But I don't. I don't want to get too caught up in subgenres either. You know, because I think it's just all heavy music. It's all aggressive, and it's everyone's you know take on it, and their bands are playing what, what, what they want to hear. And, uh, you know, our style is what, what,
0: what we want to hear. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, one last thing I want to, I want to talk to you. I don't take too, too much of your time. I didn't know you were such a poker player. <coughs> such a what? I'm sorry. A poker player. I didn't know you were, uh, a big poker player. I was reading that, you know, you've been, you were playing and, and I used to play before when our band didn't make any money, I used to play poker for, uh, for a living no so, yeah so um and, and that's kind of got gotten away from me now because i think it's just way harder now and i was playing like limit back in the day and now you know obviously no limit is w- what everybody plays but i didn't know that you were uh such a big uh, poker enthusiast
2: yeah i first got into it playing poker stars our know, old base player slow that was kind of his his thing yeah um, so i just i played you know small games on that but then uh in my old apartment, within 20 minutes, there was two poker rooms and they would have these, uh, sit and go tournaments. Yeah. So I was home from the store. I go up there, you know, two or three days a week and I play sit and goes and I kind of fine tune my craft there. And, um, and then I started playing tournaments. Um, I don't, I don't really like playing cash games. I like sitting down in the tournament yeah. environment and it seems to work for me. And I usually place, um, I haven't played much of late since I've had kids. I just, uh, my time for that is, uh, is definitely lessened. Uh, but when I get a chance to on a tour, I, I always try to part Well,
0: yeah, like you live out. I mean, I don't know exactly where you live. I know you live in New England area. Uh, is like Foxwood's close or there's other casinos there? Uh,
2: that'd be about a two-hour drive for oh, me. Okay. okay, I have poker rooms that are a lot closer, so I, I could do it, um, um, but it's not often. You know, on, on tour, it's, it's something that I, I do a lot more. Um, there's a big casino being built in Boston right now, um, so maybe I'll, I'll be able to uh, take part in that at some point.
0: Yeah, right on. So do you have uh, your worst bad beat story you can tell?
2: Um, sure, yeah. I, mean, I, was, I, was at, I was in Milwaukee uh, at the casino near uh, the Rave.
0: And, oh, is there um, a casino near there? I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: I had uh, Pocket Aces. Um, I made a big raise. Guy next to me... Um, um, calls because it was a big raise, and um, the guy to, to my right was, was still in the hand. He went all in, so of course, I go wow. all in, and the guy on my left goes all in. The guy to my right has a king, queen, and okay. the guy on the left is, 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 is pocket king. So I'm like, all right, I get this dominator, so except I've I have, I have got aces, and there's only one king left. Yeah, but what comes on the, on the river that last king. Oh, so, no. I mean, it was it was a big plot It was you know I think it was close to a thousand dollars, and um, it was a
0: cash game, and
2: I felt felt pretty defeated
0: after that. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the worst I've ever heard, right there. That's uh, that's pretty brutal. One card in the deck to beat you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, um, what else to tell the people before I let you go? Obviously, uh, new records of the record coming out. Comes up
2: the twenty third of the month. Um, Extinctions. We'll be out here touring a bunch on it. Um, we'll say what we probably won't tour as much as we have in the past. We're going to kind of pick our tours a bit more wisely, but we'll, we'll be out there and beating up the road a lot. Um,
0: that's so fun. awesome. Um, I hope you can bring that tour with darkest Hour across Canada. I'd love to see it myself. So hopefully, uh, that's in the cards.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think we'll, we're actually gonna make an announcement on that really soon. So, um, yeah, we're, we're we're gonna team up with those uh, those dudes for a lot of tour.
0: Awesome, Trevor. Well, I always play music at the end of the show. Um, what track from the new record shall I play?
2: Uh, since I talked about it, let's uh, let let's play. The hunt begins.
0: The hunt begins. All right, here it is. The hunt begins on Lead Singer Syndrome. Thank you so much, Trevor. Uh, Thank have you. Have a great show tonight in San Antonio.
2: All right, we'll do. Yeah, have, have a good tour, man.
0: Thank you very much.
2: All right, take it easy. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh-huh.
0: So there is Unearth with The Hunt Begins. This band continually puts out awesome music. The riff in that song, it's classic Unearth somehow, yet they just continue to evolve. What an amazing band. I want to thank Trevor so much for taking the time while he's busy on tour in Texas to jump on the phone with me and talk. Thank you so much, Trevor. Well, everybody, I hope you are enjoying your holiday, whatever you're doing, and I hope to see you all in the new year. And of course, one thing I'm big on is New Year's resolutions. If you want to join, you know, this little New Year's resolution club with me, feel free to email me your New Year resolutions. And uh, you know, it's just like this weird support system thing that we do. I don't know; it's a thing. We've done it every year it's usually a failure but uh it's fun so hit me up lead singer syndrome at gmail.com also i want to thank everybody that donated to calfund.org we didn't quite reach our goal but we did donate nearly two thousand dollars i kicked in some money myself but i think that that is so awesome we did something together as a group to help the victims of the terrible california wildfire so Shout out to everybody that did that. And uh, I don't know. I'll send you some shit. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Peace and love. See you next week.